0: Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating, we can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to, or we can start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option. And I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people And I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me and I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company and I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like, is it going to come into my life? Do I, what am I going to do about this? To being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings. And I think one of the big changes I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account, I still believed that I was abundant. I still believed that money was going to flow into my life. I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was going to come. So I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario. You can Step into that next version of you and that next version of you, that higher self version of you, she's not that far away as you think. I think she's just, there's just garbage in the way. And it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results. It's something I'm super passionate about. And I hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like, not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want. To do reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger, and what lights you up and what brings you joy. So, I'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes. I would love to connect with you on Instagram. My Instagram's the Shit Show of My Twenties. DM me, I love to have a conversation. And feel free to share this with someone you know will love it. And you can also leave a review on iTunes, I would love that. Today's guest is Elisa. I love chatting with her. She is a three-time world karate champion and longtime member of the USA national team. After seven years of athletic retirement and two kids later, she decided to re- return to the sport and make a run at the 2020 Olympic Games. She continued to compete in karate all while building a multi-million dollar martial arts business and is now working as a business advisor to small business owners. We go into so many cool things in this interview from the lessons she learned from karate the mindset of an athlete, and what she sees business owners struggle with the most. Looking forward for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. Thank you so much, Alisa, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments you might resonate with. Let's start there.
1: (laughs) Okay, thanks for having me. 20s. Wow. It seems like forever ago. I was like everyone else in their 20s trying to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It seemed like I just had like endless time in front of me but at the same time I was already really passionate about one thing and that was karate so I always had that and I would consider that like my my rock if you will it was you know something i had been passionate about since I was five years old and and I was on the U.S. national team so that commitment to the sport uh has always been there and it remained constant through my twenties, despite, you know, everything else going on and all the other big decisions you have to make in life at, in that decade.
0: Now of all the sports that you could play, why you think it was karate that resonated the most with you?
1: Not sure. It is the first sport I did. I started when I was five, there was a YMCA across the street from my house. And somehow I got a flyer or something. And, uh, you know, I just told my parents, like, I want to do this. And we had no martial artists in our, be- in our, in our family. And I've always loved the, you know, the team sports at school and, and everything, but something about karate, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that like you have control over, you know, you, you are, you are your own team. Uh, you know, you have your teammates cheering you on and so forth, but you're, you have a lot of control over what you can and can't do. Mm.
0: And what do you think is the biggest thing that karate taught you?
1: Ooh, I think it was it's probably been the grit or the perseverance aspect of it. I even now, I still feel that if you put that effort and that like intentionality into something and, and really are willing to to give it your all, that it might not turn out exactly how you wanted it to turn out, but something good will come out of it. So I think that's what I've learned about karate is that you just got to put in the hard work. You've got to be committed. You've got to fight through like the hard stuff. And then it might not take you to exactly where you imagine, but it will take you somewhere good. Mm-hmm.
0: And did you have a point where you wanted to give up on karate or have you always been in love with it? Or
1: I did when I was about like maybe uh, nine years old, seven years old, somewhere. like I was pretty young and my my dad reminds me of it because kid, so I don't remember it cl- crystal clear, but remember, I was like, complaining of stomach aches and didn't want to go and stuff. And I think that's just because that's when it started to get a little hard. It wasn't just like a little like activity I did after school. It it actually started getting a little bit more challenging. So my dad, you know, really pushed me to stick with it. And actually we, that's when I started to compete. I wasn't competing before that age. I was just going to practice and like learning karate. So it was, that opened my eyes to this whole nother like, Oh, this is actually a sport. This is actually something I can compete in. And I got really excited about that. And since then I, yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever wanted to call it quits it's been it's been a love of mine since then
0: and so you started off in competitions and then what did your journey look like from going from there to the olympics and what was that journey like for you
1: yeah so mine is a very unique experience in that like you know i'm 40 years old so back in like 2008 9 10 i was going getting to the end of my 20s enjoying the competition, but. It was getting a little like, okay, I've been to a couple of these, like I've won. I feel like I maybe I've peaked already as an athlete because I wasn't like at the top of the podium at, at these like really high level events. Just like just barely there, like just almost there, you know. And um, and so I thought, okay, well, I think it's time to 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 say goodbye. I could still like maybe be a coach or something like that. So I retired from competition, you know, like athletes say they retire. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny to like the general public, but you know, we really retire as athletes. And so I was uh, you know, uh Running my business and stuff, and had two kids. Feeling like going on to the next phase of my life, and then they announced that karate would be in the Olympic Games, and it's the first time that karate is going to be in Olympics in 2020. And so I was doing the math and saying, "Oh, okay, I'm going to be 39. I mean, that's kind of old, but it's not like ancient. I still love it. I still train. I don't know. Why don't I just try? Like, I, I just I know myself." And I know if I just, uh, I had a couple of, uh, of, of athletes in my dojo who were, who were definitely going to try for the Olympics there in their twenties and at the, at the height of their careers. And, and I thought, you know what, if I, if I just sit there and watch them training all the, all the time, I'm going to just, it's going to it's going to kill me inside. So, so I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So after seven and a half years of a, of a, a, what do you call a retirement, if you will, I came back to competition and it was back in 2017, I believe is when I first started competing. And so I had three years to like get it together like get back on the team and, <laughs> and get some wins under my belt and all that so all that stuff and it was going well I actually like you know ended up met- taking a couple of medals here and there but then I tore my ACL and so that kind of took me two steps back I had to you know rehab that get that back going and no one tells you that when you get a big uh, a big injury like that that it's it's not the same as if you tore your ACL in like your teens or early 20s as opposed to like your late 30s so it was a really difficult rehab. I wasn't, I was back competing right away, but I wasn't back back, you know, I wasn't feeling myself. So it was really tough. And ultimately I did make it to that last step, like the last qualification tournament that takes you to the Olympic, but they only choose 10 athletes per, per weight class worldwide. and And unfortunately I didn't make that cut. So it was a, tough pill to swallow. But I knew like, you know, I knew that I'd given it my best. And I knew that it was most likely going to that that was very, very much a possibility that that's where where it was going to end. And I was okay with that. I was just really happy with the entire process and and that I that I made it that far.
0: And how did you deal with tearing your ACL in that time? Did you think you were actually going to be able to go back? Or did you think I'm done? I'm not gonna be able to go back to sports? <laughs>
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. Like I had never had a a major surgery or injury in my life. And so when I, when it happened, First of all, I knew it happened because a couple of my friends have torn their ACLs and I knew it. I knew I didn't know if it was ACL, but I knew it was something major. I just collapsed on the ground at, a, at an event. It was the finals, like the last six seconds of the finals and I, and I collapsed. And I knew it when the you know the doctor was kind of doing that test. I was like, yeah, I know she like can see the, the look on her face. And that was the first thought I thought, like, this is done. This is where it ends. Um, I'm definitely not going to be coming back from this. But, you know, I just took some time to let it all soak in, talk to doctors, understand what the recovery process was like. And then I got really optimistic after that. I was like, OK, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the way I envision, but I'm going to get back and I'm just going to keep going from there.
0: Was it hard for you going back to when you retired and had kids and then started your business? Was it hard for you to retire from the sport or what was that process like for you?
1: Uh, yeah, when I, when I retired the first time, it was really, it was really hard to do that because I'm sure most athletes know what I'm feeling. Like, it's just, you love it so much and you never want it to end. And it's hard. The training's hard. Sometimes like in the middle of the training, you're thinking I need, like, why am I doing this to myself? All my friends, my age are just having fun and building their careers And I'm giving 80% of my energy to a sport and only 20% to building a, building like a career. So there are definitely hard times, but when it came to the actual, you know, it's time to step away, it's, it's really hard. And I think the only thing that the, the only like silver lining, I guess, is that I knew that I wanted to have kids. So that was the the part that, you know, it was just something else to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And what type of mindset you think it takes in order to be an athlete? Yeah. Everyone talks about mindset nowadays. I'm super passionate about it. It is, I think it's more than we even know it is at this point. And I think we're starting to realize that maybe 10, 20 years ago, we didn't realize it as much. And now we're really starting to realize just how important mindset is. It's, it's, it's just, it's the little details. It's the it's the compounding positive, positive thoughts over positive thoughts. And like that growth mindset, like all of those things, they don't feel like they make a difference, but if you just layer them and keep, keep working on that, keep working on your mental health and your mental strength and having that clear mindset, when you, when you go into sports, it's just, it's, it just sets you up for so much more success. You can still be successful with, you know, without training, uh, mindset it's just a lot harder it just relies so much more on your uh, innate uh, talent maybe you know I mean, a couple other factors but mindset is just it's just what what I think it what separates the people who maybe are successful once or twice from the people who are consistently successful and you know the goats if, <laughs> that we talk about right their mm-hmm. mindset is just through the roof you just you can't you can't even imagine how strong, you know, their, their mental toughness is. So I think it's super important. I I also think mindset's important outside of sports, but, you know, just specifically to with sports, because, you know, we, we do think like, oh, you know, like, let's just focus on the win, getting the win, being in first sometimes, you know, it's, it's, I think it's very clear that if you do choose to go fix mindset and just go for results that over time, you don't get you don't you don't get to where you want to be as opposed to if you go in with like an open mind growth mindset and like just really like working on your your mental strength that you do see in the long run that it makes a big difference
0: and how have you had the balance between your losses and whether it be in business or in sports mm-hmm. and your wins in business and in sports how do you stay balanced between the both and
1: not get yeah. like too high when you win or too low when you lose Oh my gosh! I mean, it's hard not to get too high when you win, right? <laughs> like it's just it's just that that feeling of like you did it and you're just on top of the world. But the losses, it's really important to not let yourself get too low. I've honestly have gone through times where I do let the losses bring me down too much. I'm not perfect. I I let it affect other aspects of my life, and I, I think through like just education, just reading about like you know how mind how how strong your mind is. What are some some exercises and things you can do in training before competition, during competition, post-competition. I think if you, if you educate yourself on, on what is possible and you try to apply it, even if you don't apply it perfectly, just trying to apply some of those concepts, I think makes a big difference. So I've definitely feel like I've improved a little bit on the, the losses, like being able to take losses and the losses in sport are harder than the losses in business now losing money is not fun like nobody wants to lose money but something about business it's like I don't know it's like you're not you're not competing against other it's it's harder to have this growth mindset in sport because you're like they're literally like carrying you up with another person they're saying go go against each other that's hard not to not to think of that opponent as the person who's in your way when we know that like really the person that's in your way is yourself, like you're, you know, you doubting your capabilities and in business, I think it's a little easier to see that and realize, yeah, I mean, it's not my competitor. It's not that competing business that is holding me back. It's me. Like I can, I can turn this thing around. There's, there's no scarcity here. Like I can still be successful. They can be successful, but I can also be successful. So I think, going the, the, the karate way, the, athlete, the athletes, uh, the, the competition way, sports way actually sets you up to make it easier in business. <laughs> if you never experienced being an athlete, and then you go into business, then it might seem hard. But if you, if you live that life of, of an athlete, I think going into business is actually it seems a little easier.
0: And what are some practices that you have to work on your mindset every day?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, just, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to like take the time to be quiet in the morning and think about like what my intentions are for the day rather than just like hit the ground running, you know, all crazy. So, you know, I'm a big fan. This is going to sound a little nerdy, but I'm a big fan of like my calendar and just keeping my calendar, you know, nicely organized. I don't really even have a to-do list. I just like, if something has to get done, I put it on my calendar and if there's no room for my calendar, then. I'll probably have to say no to that, that task. So that's the first thing is just like waking up with clarity because you know that like your calendar has already given you that, that space for the day. And I put everything on it, like, you know, morning routine, um, the training, the meetings with clients, the the prep for the clients, all that stuff is on my calendar. So it's less like foggy thinking in the morning, like, oh my God, I got a million things to do. Where's my to-do list? and I just go to my calendar, and it's there. So there's the calendar, there's the um, setting the intention for the for the day. And the intention's more like, what's my attitude going to be today? It's not so much like I'm going to get x, y, z done. It's more like, how is my attitude? Like, how am I going to face the day with what type of attitude? And I try to face it with a positive attitude. Like, that's always a, a good idea. And then just like a little bit of self talk too before certain things. So a little bit of self talk before training, like, similar to the morning stuff like this is going to be a great training you're gonna you're gonna just relax and and just let it let go with the flow and have a smile a little bit have some fun but make sure you give your best effort so just that little like nudge for myself and that kind of training I think helps me when it gets to competition because then I'm already used to self-talk I'm already used to like coaching myself as a like a third person so those are some of the things that that I try to do every day
0: how much of athletes and being a good athlete do you think is on talent skill and mindset like if you had to rank them
1: Mm -hmm. how would you rank them talent skill and mindset well talent definitely the least important (laughs) I yeah I just I just I, I wasn't the most talented athlete as a kid and you know I came up in a dojo like in a martial arts school that had a lot of champions like the kids were really good and you know two of my friends growing up same age as me they'd always beat me. I'd always come in third place. Like I, I didn't come in last place, but I always came in third place. I wasn't a natural athlete. And so I don't think talent is, as is that important. Skill? Yeah. Cause skill is something you build, right? And you have to like, you have to put a lot of intentionality into trying to better yourself. You can't just like show up to class and the teacher tells you what to do. And you just kind of go through the motions. That's not going to build any kind of skill. You actually have to put some effort into, into, you know, building that skill. And then that skill has to be, you have to repeat it and repeat it and make sure that, you know, it's like sharpening your sword. You got to make sure that it's, it's always sharp and ready to go. But like the grit, like just being able, the the grit is like that, just like putting in that effort and continue, continuously putting in that effort when, even when it's hard. And I think that's a little bit of like skill build and mindset combined. So mindset, it's pretty much up there with the, with the skill. I think the two kind of go hand in hand.
0: And did you ever have any limiting beliefs about not being number one about like, can I compete? Can I do this long-term or did you Mm -hmm. always see yourself doing it long-term no matter if it was number one or number?
1: Oh, that's a good question. You know, as a kid, I always wanted to be in the Olympics. I remember that. I remember watching the other athletes in in other sports, you know, Christy Yamaguchi and um, Shannon Miller and stuff, and and just really wanting to be that one day. So I think I always saw myself at least doing it into adulthood. I, I think as a kid, you don't really differentiate between like twenty and thirty. It all seems like old <laughs> and adults, you know. But yeah, I I think I always thought I would do it. As far as it being a limiting belief, though, I've definitely doubted myself in terms of like, can I, it's not that I, I didn't think I could do it. I always knew I could do it, but could I do it? Well, I think for sure. I I definitely doubted myself a lot. Any, even when I was almost like, you know, at the top of my game, I would, I would argue that like, my best years were probably like 2002 to 2005 were probably my best years. And even if I lost like in those times, like I would definitely doubt myself. And that's crazy because like anyone can lose one match. Doesn't mean that you're not any good. Like I was a world current world champion at that time, but I still had, I still had doubts. So I think it's totally normal. It's something we have to work on as humans, but yeah, I I had that for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: And how did your journey look like evolving from doing karate to starting your business? How did that shift look like?
1: Well, I did start the, bus- the business when I was still competing and uh, that was with my ex-husband. So we were, we were co-owners. So I think I had a lot of energy back then to, to be able to multitask and, you know, wanted to build future champions like me. So that was, that was an exciting project. But as I retired from sport and just went all in on, on the business. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I guess, I guess like just the way I came up in karate, like always helping others, like always helping the next generation. It's very I'm not sure if all sports have that element to it, but karate definitely does. It's like, when you get to a certain level, you help the the kids below you. And then when you get to the next level, you, you know, you help the that, that next level, you're always helping that level right under you. And so my business was basically like, let's build, let, let's build the next, the next generation of, of champions, but that's just like the vision, right? That's the, that's the, that's the mission, but actually making building a business that, functions that's profitable that (laughs) that can keep its doors open that's I guess another thing and maybe that's where like some of my like engineering mind comes into into play so you know really like I got a a major in engineering in, in college and just wanting to like solve problems all the time it's like what's the problem how can we solve it I think that's where that helped me with with running the business it's just having that that problem solving mindset and can you go into what your business is yeah, so my business um, back then was martial arts schools in the Chicagoland area. So we have uh, five locations, you know, over a thousand students, you know, twenty instructors. Like, I mean, it was a nice operation, and still, still going today. And since then, I've exited from the business, and and what I've done, and my pivot. And before, before people were pivoting during COVID, my pivot was to use what I learned in business and help other people who have this great idea who are really talented at something who've decided to take the plunge and and start a business and to help them through that. So, so I work with a lot of small business owners in all different industries and, and I help them to figure out their business model. Like what, what is lacking? Are you not understanding like your financials? Do you need help with that? Are you not understanding like how to bring more sales in? Can we work on that? So we've got to go through all the different like hats of the business and figure out where the, the bottleneck is or what's the, the weakness and, mm-hmm. and, and, and make a plan to fix it. Mm-hmm. And what's one of the biggest issues you see with all these different business owners? Well, I would say, unfortunately, the most important thing is that people don't know their numbers. So it, you don't have to be a math major. You don't have to be super smart with like Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that. But you just need to know your basic numbers. What's your what's, What are you bringing in? And what is it? What's the cost of doing business? What are your expenses? Like all of that, are you saving? Are you putting enough, enough money aside for yourself, for profitability, for saving for, for a rainy day? Like one of the first things that happened when COVID hit was we were talking with our businesses about cash cushions, like who has a cash cushion, who has actual savings in the bank. And, you know, we talk about that on a personal finance level, like everyone should have a rainy day fund or something, but on a business level, a lot of businesses have zero cash cushion. So um, that was one thing that I helped you know, clients figure out, like, how can we start building that cash cushion so that if something like this were to happen again, or if the pandemic continues to go on, that that they have some sort of uh, emergency fund. So I'd say finances is, is probably the best, uh, the biggest problem that I run into. And if I were to pick a second one, I would, I think it's leadership because, you know, they're really good at what they do. They're amazing. And that's why they decide to start a business. But have they ever taught another person how to do that thing that they're really amazing at and really be able to like delegate it out and let that other person go. A lot of people will just continue to micromanage and, and want to, you know, be responsible for everything rather than teaching and transferring the information to their employees and and letting, empowering their employees to, to, to help, um, you know, build the company. Hmm. What's something that you're learning right now? Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much about like, just like business in general. I don't have an MBA. I'm learning about how there's so much, there's so much that ties all the different industries together. There's like this, this thread that goes through all different industries, like knowing your finances, knowing your sales plan, your marketing plan, all that stuff. It's just, it's consistent regardless of what business owner you're talking to, but then to like take a deep dive and learn about okay in law firms. What are some of the common problems that happen in law firms? You know, um, when we're talking about you know e-commerce, what what are some of the things that e-commerce you know businesses are are having trouble with? So I'm I learn every day from my clients. I love it because I learn more about what they know and you know they're experts in their industry, and I help them kind of zoom out and look at their business from a ten thousand foot view and be like, okay, did you notice that this whole time you were doing this when you, you know, really want to be doing this. And so I kind of point out the things that I know will get them closer to their vision. So it's a really, it, I just learned so much from them because it's a really great partnership. Like I'm looking at it from the outside, they're inside, they're teaching me, I'm teaching them. So it's, it's really nice.
0: And what's something you're excited about right now?
1: I am excited about helping more people um, right now you know I work with uh, you know uh, my, my book of clients and a lot of them have had businesses for several years already they're already like they're not startups they're they're already you know established they just need a little bit of organization and so forth I'm really excited with like what happens after that and what happens before that so what about like those in their 20s and early 30s who are thinking about starting a business and they just don't know where to start? I'm really excited about that. Like what athletes particularly like they, you know, dedicated their life to something and now here they are in their mid 20s and they're like, okay, now what do I do? So like I I would love to be an example to them of how like you can easily pivot. You just have to understand what you're really good at and the things that you learned from from sports can easily be applied to business. Just find out what you're good at and we can and we can make that make that transition. So I'm, I'm just excited about the beginning stages of business. They're in the middle right now. And I, I would also love to be learn more about what happens after when, when companies get real big and, and it gets really excited, exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. What's something that most people don't know about you?
1: Wow. What they don't know about me. I, I don't know if most people, I think people who know me, who've been around me know this, but otherwise, if you haven't been around me, i absolutely love food. <laughs> I love food. I love cooking food. I love eating food. I love trying new things like I'm obsessed. Like I'm the one looking through Yelp and all the other, you know, sites and, and figure out where the new place is. What's the cool new thing that, you know, people are trying. When I travel, my goal is to try the local cuisine. Like you will not see me eating McDonald's when I'm traveling. I want to like, uh, when in Rome, like, you know, I want to, I want to eat like the locals and, and try it all.
0: And I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her?
1: I think I would probably tell her to not, like, I would, I would reinforce that. Like, don't worry about the outcomes. Don't be so outcome oriented. Don't, don't worry about being perfect explain to her what fixed mindset is and say, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It, you know, it, you might, you might not be happy with the results immediately. You might not be happy with where you are, you know, in one year, but you will thank your, your older self. If you just keep that growth mindset and don't feel like you have to be perfect, just work on being a, a little bit better version of yourself every day. I think that's probably the best advice that I'd give, give my 20 year old self thank you so much for doing this yeah thank you for having me it was a lot of fun awesome and where can we find you online i like to hang out on instagram uh, at elisa al karate and um, i'm on linkedin a little bit Uh, i think those are the two places that you'd probably want to want to um connect
0: thank you guys so much for listening i love if you can leave me a review on itunes please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.